0: Please join me in prayer. Eternal God, faithful and true, all of our longings come home to you. We pray today for your waters of mercy to reach each of us in our parched places, in our places of deepest need. And we pray this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Two summers ago during my sabbatical, my family spent some time visiting Yosemite National Park. We stayed nearby along the Merced River just outside the park. Now, at that time, California's long drought was just coming to an end, and the Merced was flowing and gushing higher than ever before. Every morning, the sound of its gushing waters would draw me outside of our hotel room to the bank along the river, and I'd perch myself up on a very high boulder, And marvel at the surging power of that river. And it's all-encompassing wall of sound. Couldn't hear anything else except that river. And perched up there, drinking my coffee, I was drawn to read Psalm 46 that we heard as our call to worship this morning. There is a river... There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And later on, after we had left Yosemite, I was reading myself some John Muir, the great naturalist and advocate for our national parks. And in one piece, he started talking about the Merced River And as an aside, uh, by the way, he said in Spanish, this means the river of mercy. And I was suddenly delighted by the great serendipity of that discovery. That every morning while we were staying near Yosemite, I was drawn to the river of mercy to go sit down by God's river of mercy. Friends, have you ever noticed that rivers are mentioned right at the beginning of our Bible and right at the very end? In Genesis 2.10 we read that a river flows out of Eden to water the garden where Adam and Eve live. And then all the way later, in Revelation 22, we read about a river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And then in between these two bookends, rivers are mentioned 150 different times. Now some of these rivers, dear friends, are real ones, like the Jordan, like the Nile, like the Euphrates. But some of them, like our three passages here today, are symbolic. In our three readings today... Bible writers are using the image of a river to help us to visualize and to contemplate how all of life flows to us from God. How we can no more survive or thrive without water than we can without God. You see, like God... A river quenches our thirst. Like God, a river brings generativity and fruitfulness with trees flourishing along its banks, bearing leaves for the healing of the nations. Like God, a river evokes the lavish free flow of God's mercy. Flowing to the deserving and the undeserving, flowing to the righteous and the unrighteous, desiring to reach, to reach, to reach all people. And this past week, what I found most moving and astonishing was to realize that in all three of our passages today, this river image is given to communities of faith where God's presence and grace and mercy seem especially absent. Absent. In Psalm 46, our call to worship... The context is a time when Jerusalem is actually under attack. When it feels like everything is falling apart, everything is coming unglued. And the psalmist proclaims that there is a river in a city where there is actually no physical river. There is no river in Jerusalem. the psalmist is assuring God's people in their time of trouble that God is still with them and will never leave them to face their perils alone. Be still, God says, and know that I am God. There is a river. In Ezekiel 47... In Ezekiel 47, the context is that God's people are now exiled to far away Babylon. They are asking each other, how did this happen to us? How did we get into this mess? They are struggling with despair and the depth of their own brokenness, failure, and pain. And in the midst of all of this, an angelic guide comes to show Ezekiel a vision of a river lavishly flowing from God in the temple. Verse 9, everything will live where this river goes. It's a river filled with fish. And hold that image for Linda's sermon next Sunday. A river filled with fish and lined with fruit-laden trees. It's a vision, dear friends, of abundance and the healing that are still to come. There is a river. And then in Revelation, John of Patmos' vision of the river of the water of life comes to a beleaguered people. Beleaguered who are experiencing intense persecution under the brutal thumb of the Roman Empire. To these people, Jesus says just a little bit later in Revelation 22, let everyone who is thirsty come. Let everyone come and drink of life, of the water of life as a gift. There is a river. You see, in all three passages, the river is God's message of fierce hope. Fierce hope. In times when hope seems most absent, we are promised that in our times of trouble, God will not abandon or forsake us. God's river of mercy will continue to flow. And its streams will continue to bring what we need, though we fail God and each other again and again, especially me. God's waters will never fail. When I was a kid, I'd spend many hours with friends beside a stream. Samantha told me she did this beside the ocean. And we'd be digging channels for the water to reach new places. Did you ever do that? digging these streams from one stream to another place to bring the water somewhere else. I can't think of a better way of thinking about the mission of East Chestnut Street in that way. In my times of loss and brokenness, you carve a channel for God's grace to reach me. In your times of vulnerability and need, we channel this living water to you through a visit, a call, or some vegetable soup and ginger tea. A week ago at the winter shelter, we were channeling God's love to folks in need of warmth and refuge. And as for the Cunninghomes right now, as they care for Joanne, we're channeling God's love to them for it to reach them through our meals and our prayers and our visits. In all these things, we are flowing with God back and forth, back and forth to one another. And in the weeks ahead, our congregation is going to need a full measure of God's mercy to flow between us. As we grieve Samantha's departure. And as we begin to set things right. To rebuild trust. And to mend our relationships with each other. And along the way, may God's river of mercy sustain us and soften our hearts to one another. So let me close with some words for my colleague, Samantha. Our shared work these past years has been for me the source of deep joy and growth and learning and deep struggle. Along the way, through our lives of prayer, God's river has sustained us, enabling us to stay connected even during our hardest times and right to this very moment. And for that miracle to God and God alone be the glory. Samantha, may the Lord now guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places. In the days ahead, may you be like a watered garden sustained by God's river of mercy whose waters never fail. Amen.